0: what is up my love welcome to the love stands here podcast i'm your host megan brianna from LoveStandsHere.com, and i'm a life coach a certified eating psychology coach but most of all i'm just a girl who really loves jesus and has spent a lot of time learning how to not only discover my word through him but also how to cultivate the characteristics that we're called into in order to live a healthy and purposeful life of love and service My friend, living in the world can be really tough. And all too often, we're taught beliefs and given messages by a broken society that make us feel like we're never enough and our worth is only skin deep. But I'm here to share some good news. Your worth is not in the world, but in God's beautiful word. So if you're looking for encouragement to live and love better, you're in the right place. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends if you feel called. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Love ya. happy monday i'm gonna make this short because this episode is already really long but this is the continuation of my conversation with the lovely ashley if you didn't hear the first part go check it out it's episode 21 from last week it's really good and i'm really excited about this week both parts of the conversation are great but this one uh we dive a little bit more into faith. And Ashley actually life coaches me through a couple of things that really helped me have like some pretty significant revelations. So I'm talking more about TikTok, which I am probably going to talk more about next week because I did have to take a break because of my mental health and just the struggles that I've had with men. We're talking about how important perspective is and the difference between managing and leading in life and in faith just some really really good things. So, without further ado, the second part of our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Love you. I think one of the things that I've struggled with since I've gotten on TikTok and I've talked about this a lot and I think my last few videos on TikTok have been about this, but I think they're in in the Christian community. It feels like the only thing they care about is reading and having knowledge and memorizing what the Bible says. And then having those things to use as ammunition against other Christians. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm seeing that so much. And, and then they they hide behind edification, which is like, well, we have to lovingly correct each other. I'm like, that's not lovingly correcting, That's not lovingly correcting each other. That is trying to prove yourself and be right. Um, and a lot of times we miss the fact that the biggest part of walking in relationship with God is the relationship. And when you have a relationship with, with Jesus, that's when the healing can happen. And yes, reading the Bible is so important, but having the relationship
1: is important. So you can understand what the Bible is telling you. And so when, when you say that, and I take what you just said, and I put it in terms of kind of where I've, started my journey with coaching and like kind of niching out it focuses a lot on like leadership and like career growth and confidence and so everything you just said is directly translated by saying like that's the difference between managing a situation and leading a situation because if you manage it you're reading you're reading off a checklist saying this is how this has to happen and this is the only way it can happen yeah And if you're leading in a situation, you're saying, okay, this is what this, this line says of what has to happen. How do you interpret that? How do I interpret that? And how do we move forward with that? So good. That is such a good perspective. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so when you talk about someone like trying to prove that they're right, like that's what a manager does, like, nope, I interpret it this way. So you have to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And a leader would be like, well, what does this mean to you? And how do you want to do it? And let me give you the space to do that. Like tell me that's not exactly what God does. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that you know? is
0: so true. I think this is the, my favorite part of our conversation so far because now I'm like, like, my mind, you know, that like mind blown emoji. That's all I can think yeah. of right now. It's so true. We're trying to be managers of God's word and that's not what he calls us to do. Nope. He calls us to be in relationship with people. Let him lead us and just yep. love each other. Oh my gosh right. that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And and what and what you had said before about being healthy spiritually, mentally and emotionally is kind of what led me down this road but I think I think there is a gap between spirituality and mental health and you know we need to start bridging that gap and understanding that there is a process. I say this and somebody's probably going to call me out but
1: Maybe it's
0: going to be be, apparently. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's God telling me I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is something in Scripture for every season of life, and reading the Bible it it has been the most healing thing for me. But it doesn't always help me, and you know a lot of times when somebody is struggling with something and they're being open about struggling with it somebody will just give them a scripture and that's beautiful. But a lot of times that's not what we need. We need somebody to sit with us and just let us be sad and let us be where we are and not force us into try to get to a certain place. And I think a lot of people want other people to be where they're at spiritually and they get really frustrated. And I know I've been there like um, this guy that I dated recent the most recent he's such a great guy such a great guy but he's not a christian at all he doesn't know jesus he doesn't quite understand it and he's young and a lot of the time we spent together was me being frustrated that he wasn't where i was and that is so unfair and um you know we just need to learn to have
1: more grace well don't you think this is going to take a second for me to like get through so like stick with me but i'm there the end point is Don't you think that's exactly why you and I are still friends after 10 years? Because we met when we were 18, didn't know each other, Mm -hmm. right? Spent one year together, stayed in kind of contact for a couple years, then no contact. Mm -hmm. When we reconnected, there was at no point any judgment on not being connected. Yeah. We have lived in different parts of the country and didn't speak to each other. Both of us experienced very high highs and very low lows weren't in each other's lives for them. Disconnect again, reconnect. I mean, up and down. Right. And then up until just the other day when I said, Hey, like, I'm so sorry. I, I hadn't texted you back yet. Like I, I really still want to do this. And you're like, why are you apologizing? Like that you and I, when you think about it in terms of relationships, like we are not at all in the same life space we don't we don't have any of the same we really don't have much of that like physical life stuff in common right but i would jump in front of a bus for you
0: mm-hmm. i
1: would drive to you in a moment if you needed me i would answer the phone if you called like i there's nothing i wouldn't do for you i don't want to change a thing about you and i know you feel the same about me mm-hmm. so it's like finding those people that like don't have to be in the same season, but can celebrate you just as hard or yeah. it's the, it's magical, <laughs> you know, it's such a silly word, but it really is. It's magical to know, like you have the person in your life that you, you can call and say, like, I just need you to sit on the phone. Or Mm -hmm. I just want to eat half a pizza or I just want to get in the car with some music on, or actually I know we had plans, but I'm canceling on you and that's going to have to be okay. Like, like those are the people, like that's your crew. Like those are the people that are going to bring you through it. You know? Yeah. It's, It's amazing to have that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, ultimately from a, uh, biblical perspective that is what we're supposed to be working towards as Christians because what you said right there really just sums up the fruit of the spirit and the greatest two commandments love God and love your neighbor and loving your neighbor is supposed to be as unconditional as possible and we're supposed to let people be where they are and love them where they are, you know? And I know that's very hard and believe me, I still struggle. I am still, especially in this season, what, you know, getting rid of the things that I know don't serve me and the things that I know are distracting me from learning what I need to learn. I've learned that I still struggle tremendously to trust men, Mm. tremendously. Like I still, anybody that aside from a few people Anybody that I've had interactions with this year that was male, it is very easy for me to feel like they're attacking me Uh, because for 12 years I spent consistently, if it wasn't a relationship, it was my boss at my job in Arizona. I was consistently in a space with somebody who had narcissistic personality disorder or somebody that was a sociopath. And I'm not, you know, like I said, in one of my last episodes, I'm not just throwing those things around. It was very true. So it's very hard for me to trust men. And because of that, it is hard for me to love them correctly. And mm. that is what I'm working on with God. And that's why I've taken the space that I needed to take um, to not build any more personal relationships with men. And that has been so hard for me too, because that was right. again, a coping mechanism was having, even though now it's not about getting attention from men anymore it's that comfort of having a man in my life for whatever reason whether it be for some kind of validation um just about me or to feel safe because for I guess what I realized is even having like this last guy who is so wonderful just to talk to somehow has made me feel protected from other men I don't know Mm -hmm. why It's just a thing. And now that he's not in my life, I have like really none of that anymore. You know, I'm walking in relationship with God to learn how to feel safe and not feel attacked by men. And that's just, I didn't realize how much I still struggled with that. But, and I think I felt guilty because I've had to create boundaries a lot lately. And I feel like in doing that, I'm not loving people, but I actually am loving people because if I didn't create the boundary, I would start to feel resentment. And then I would start to get angry and I wouldn't be able to be kind and gentle and patient and stuff. You know what I mean? So.
1: Absolutely. Like I, one of my biggest, I guess, like soapbox moments with any coaching client is boundaries are not selfish. Mm -hmm. Like they are not like they they are, they are defining what serves you. Right again, like that, there's nothing wrong with that like if you can accurately explain what you need to move forward in life, to feel good, to be confident, to be a good person, to be a good friend, a good employee, a good leader, a good sister wife whatever whatever the not not sister wife but a sister or a wife, <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever it might be, if you can accurately. <clears throat> tell somebody that mm-hmm. just in conversation. And they're like, yeah, I totally get that. This it's the same thing as we were talking about before. The second people say like, people hear like, Oh, you're setting a boundary. Mm-hmm. People are like, Oh, like yeah, that means, that means like I'm not allowed or I can't come and It's like, no, no, it really has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Because if I told you differently, if I told you like, you know, I'm going to start focusing on, making sure that an hour a day, like I turn off all technology and I just read, let's just say that I'm going to turn off all technology for an hour and read. Somebody's like, wow, that's really awesome. If you flip the language and you say, Meg, don't call me between 10 and 11 AM. Well, why not? Yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, well, well, I'm setting a boundary that I can't call you. It's like, well, you just took everything that I was trying to do positive for me and made it about you. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that is a really scary, like societal, again, like it's a societal norm that, like, if someone says they want to set a boundary, like you, as the person on the receiving end of hearing the boundary I'm setting, like you now think this has anything to do with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's like we feel like we have a responsibility to people and that other people have a responsibility to us.
1: Right. And it's like, no, I'm just thinking about the things I need to move forward in the way that is intended for me in the li- way that is laid out for me and the way that makes me feel the best.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are going to be areas of that movement that you fit into. And there are going to be areas that no one fits into. And like, that's, that's just, again, like it's, it's putting yourself first mm-hmm. to be the best version of you. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> what's really wonderful about your journey with men is that one thing I know for a fact at this point, is that while you are missing for whatever, whatever your reasons are, you're missing that connection with a male counterpart, you will not settle.
0: Yeah, no, because
1: you now know what settling feels like, and you won't do that. So in hearing you talk about that, like, it gets me excited for you, because I'm like, damn, like, whoever this guy (laughs) is going to be, (laughs) like, wow like he is really gonna be something you know yeah Like, and that's exciting so you know and I think it's sometimes it's good to like hear people say it to you because I'm sure you tell yourself that all the time right but it's different when you hear someone else and and like I just I hope that you like know that that's what other people are thinking when they think about you and your journey like damn the one that gets her is gonna be Mm -hmm. like (laughs) (laughs)
0: well it's gonna take some type of man to take me off this path because yeah you're absolutely right it's there's just no there's no settling anymore there's no i know exactly what i want and i've um i have walked away from things even just in the past year that to most people would seem like wow that was a good thing you had going but i'm just like it's not like i Mm -hmm. and i um i keep thinking about how in like my past self before I knew God, how I would have responded to the situations that I was in the last year. And, um, there are a couple that I probably would still be in before I, did, because I was so driven by my emotions and now I'm still a very emotional person. I still feel things very, very deeply, but I don't let them control me anymore. Right. And I, I know what is, I know what a actual healthy relationship is supposed to look like. And I know that it's more about purpose. Like for me, I know my person is, they have to be running at the same speed that I'm running. Mm -hmm. And I, I think at this point, most people know I am running full steam towards God (laughs) and like sharing, sharing God with people. And so whoever I end up with needs to be running at the same. So it's going to be somebody that is very involved like a pastor or, or you know a preacher or just somebody that has a ministry or i imagine that's what it's going to be so it's not even just like a good christian guy it's like no you got to be like really working hard for the for the kingdom type and right. that's you know i won't settle for anything less you're absolutely right and it's a good place to be it's a good place to be and it's funny because you know i have some great amazing friends that i've met from church that i have in my bible study they're just god has put some amazing people in my life you included i'm so (laughs) thankful Uh, but i i met this one person at the salon that she's not christian but she's like starting to get more interested in god as like we have conversations and stuff and she has been such a rock for me because she doesn't always see things the same way i do but she's like if you say this I'm holding you accountable to that. And it's been Mm -hmm. so,
1: it's been so wonderful. Yeah. I think that like perspective is very important. It doesn't have to sway you in a different direction, Uh but knowing perspective, knowing others' perspectives on a topic, an issue, an emotion, a situation, whatever it allows like your ability to react to like make a next move, whatever, and it allows it to expand because y- your site is not so narrow now. Yeah, because again, like we're all different, and like mm-hmm. we're all we're not managing, we're leading. So it's like perspective is a part, and it's actually I feel like kind of like funny about it because I just did this whole like week long thing on leadership, and perspective was like one of the things, like one of the big tickets. It's like, you have to be open to perspective. You have to have vision. Like if you want to be the best version of a leader that you can be, like, these are the things that you really can't sacrifice because Mm -hmm. yes, they can be learned skills, but you have to be intentional about wanting to learn them and, and allowing the perspective of others to come in and not necessarily influence you, but allow people the opportunity to give perspective be open to hearing perspective and to widen your lens on what you're seeing and feeling. Mm-hmm. That that is again, it's forward movement. You know, it's right. not staying stuck. It's not managing the situation, saying there's only one checkbox that this situation fits into. Like mm-hmm. it's just not. That's just not the case. Yeah. You know. Yeah,
0: and like taking that back to what I was
1: talking about with the whole scripture war
0: thing. Like it, it's just it. A lot of times seems like. Like if somebody doesn't understand your perspective, it's like, well, you can't be right because this is right. And it has to, it's either a matter of right or wrong instead of, well, this is my perspective. This is your perspective. And I actually have struggled with that a lot in my life, a lot. Like I always felt incredibly misunderstood. And I, for a long time felt like if somebody shared something with me that didn't line up with how I saw the world, I was wrong. So for me, it was like, always like the opposite. I'm not, not like trying to tell people they're wrong. I always felt like I'm stupid,
1: you know, you know, you know, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I I have to, because I want to ask you something about that right now, because we're dealing with that situation as a family right now. And I am, and, and, also in coaching, like mindset coaching and confidence coaching, one of the things I do with clients in that first session is we bring it like all the way back to childhood. Like who were you as a kid kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My experience as a step parent to an only child is that that is a is a response to being an only child because you were forced to grow up probably a little bit faster than your counterparts who had siblings mm-hmm. or two parent households. And because you were an only child, there were probably a lot more th- things that you did surrounded by adults than around children. Yeah.
0: And therefore,
1: as a child, when an adult is saying like, this is what I think we you're automatically like already, like adults are always right. Adults are always right. Yeah. That's so, so that, true. Like, that started when you were a child and you had wow. no control over it, none. And I say that because we just had a family conversation where we were talking about how Lily is 11 years old, and we, as you know, Rob is her biological dad, me is her stepmom in our household, like we struggle to know who she is as a person because it's we're observing that she's very much like able to absorb what's happening around her and make that her own, whether it's an opinion, a thought, a perspective, something she likes something she suddenly doesn't like. And you're just like, wait a minute, five minutes ago, you did like that. So we started having that conversation about how like really knowing yourself and developing things that you like or perspectives that you have or opinions or feelings that you have is important before you allow Anyone else's perspective to change who you are or how you feel about something. You can let others have their thoughts, feelings, and perspectives without being that kind of like fair weather spirit who's like, oh, well, you're right because you're an adult. So that's what I think. Mm-hmm. It's like that starts in chi- at childhood, in childhood.
0: That makes so much sense, Ash. I never thought of it that way. And I don't struggle with it so much in the normal world, but in the spiritual world where now I'm really just diving into this, this Christian place, especially on TikTok. And I know I'm still like somewhat of a baby Christian. I'm like, well, all of these other people have been you know, on this journey for much longer than me. So they must know what the truth is and I'm wrong. And that's what I've been struggling with. So that's so
1: true. Yep. You're even using the term baby Christian. Like, it's like, (laughs) yeah, like, it's like literally exactly what we just said about, like, just being a baby person, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's the same thing. And it's not something, it's really not something that you can control because, you were born into this world like, and given the set of circumstances that you had from zero to eighteen, mm-hmm. that for all intents and purposes, like definitely from like probably zero to whatever you started driving, like were really outside of your control like I always yeah. say that like when you really start driving like that's when you get like a little bit of control on life, but it's not like until you're like totally out that you have any, you know, but like so zero to sixteen it's like that's 16 years. When we think of it in terms of right now at 35 years old, like Mm -hmm. you'll be 50, 51. The next time 16 years goes by, like if you're in the same spot at 51, you're going to look back and be like, what did I just do for the last 16 years? (laughs) Yeah. You know? So it's like, we, we, we like, we rarely as adults, like go back to the things in our childhood that like made us who we are today, no matter how, like prevalent they are or not, like we rarely go back because in our minds, it's like, well, we didn't have control over that. Well, Mm -hmm. no kidding. You didn't have control over it. That's exactly why it shaped you into the person you are today. Right. Right. That's so
0: true. That is so good. I'm totally going to be thinking about that all
1: day. I bet if you sat down, so like I have, and I love telling a story. If you sit down and you think about like things that you liked or didn't like as a child, and you kind of like think about who you are now as a person, like you will be shocked. I have a client who was like, you know, I just, I never really, like I was basically like kind of good at like everything I did. And I had an older brother. So I just like basically did everything he did. And I was always just like kind of good at it. I never really stuck with anything. And, you know, now I've been in this job for you know, three years and I'm, <clears throat> I'm feeling so unfulfilled and like all of these things. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do with your time? She's like, oh, I don't, I don't even know what I want to do with my time. So we like went down this list of things that she like, if, if like you said to her, like, what, what's something you love? Like she would like list them out. And now she volunteers at an aquarium. She's teaching coat classes at a gym. She basically like rewrote and developed a job at her like place of employment that didn't exist before. And she's like, I'm finally doing all of the things. I'm like, because you were waiting for someone else to say, I did this, you should do it too. Uh Because that's what's happened your whole life. Someone else did it first. And like, you were like, Oh, I'll do that too. And I'm kind of good at it, but you never found something. She never found something that was just hers. That she loved without following someone else into it.
0: Yeah, and now and she that she's dis- permission.
1: Yeah, and now that yeah. she's discovered these things, like she works in finance, which I think is incredibly boring, but I think it's a great work in finance. Yeah. I, to me, I'm like numbers, no thanks. But she volunteers at an aquarium, mm-hmm. and you're just like you wouldn't put those two things together. But yeah. that's like something she was passionate about, and no one else had ever done it before. So she was like afraid to take the step mm-hmm. and now she's taken that step. And every two weeks when we get together, oh my God, I had such a great time at the aquarium. Oh my God, I love teaching. Oh my God, my new job is amazing. Like she's doing these things that she just like loves because she gave herself permission to do it without having someone else do it first. But that yeah. is a learned behavior from childhood
0: that is so true.
1: Yeah. And I, um,
0: I think I do that too. Like I wait for permission and I'm always like, okay, I, it's like, you feel more comfortable if you see somebody else doing it, but there, there are several things that I've had ideas for that. I'm like, eh, I probably should do that because nobody else is doing it, but you're so, and I do, I think about, cause you know, that's obviously something that we learn. Um, and the whole eating psychology coaching thing too, is, is, you know, thinking about, your childhood and who your first teachers were and stuff. And I do, I think about that a lot, like who I was and, and the things, the circumstances that I had in my life and the expectations that I had and the environment and just the things that I learned. But I think this is what's so incredible about coaching is that somebody can ask you a question like you do. and just, you're like, yeah, I've been thinking about my childhood and how it, um, has influenced where I am now. But like, if you just ask a question the right way there, it brings up this whole new like thing to explore. And I feel like that's what you just did for me. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh,
1: it's just so crazy. It is crazy. And it's like the best yeah. part of what I get to do because watching someone have that like, aha moment, where they're like, Oh my goodness, I do this because when I was 12, I blah, 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 you know? And you're just yeah. like, yeah, you yeah, know, and like the the healing that, com- and it's not always like a, a healing from something bad, yeah. you know, but like just the, the acknowledgement and then like the healing of like, how now do I apply this new knowledge, this kind of like unlocked core memory that I didn't yeah. know I had, like, how do I now like apply that into my daily life and watching someone realize how to do that. And like, really taking control of that. Because again, like we look back at our childhood and we think I had no control you, mm-hmm. and you did it, but now you do. Yeah. Now you can look back and you can say like all of these things affected me. Like it's the exact reason why I'm, you know, half the time I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I'm just like my dad. And half the time I'm like,
0: <laughs> why
1: couldn't I be more like my Not mom? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the, yeah. it's the exact reason because I look back at my childhood and I'm like, Oh, I react this way to this particular thing that Lily does, because like, I wasn't allowed to do that as a child, or I, I was allowed to do that, or I was told to do that. And so, I mean, even something as simple as like making the bed, like I I would, I, I just, maybe I didn't make it all the time, but like, I was told to. Mm -hmm. So like now I'm like, you gotta make your bed. You gotta make your bed. I don't even sometimes know why I'm saying it because what does, (laughs) what does it matter? But it's ingrained like it's so it's such a silly example, but it's just like something that's ingrained. So when you dig like really deep into the things that you experienced or didn't as a child or how you reacted or how you like interacted with the people around you, you know, because we a lot of times, especially society wide, like in social media, on media, TV, movies, whatever, when someone's digging back into their childhood, it's because something horrible happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for people, and I'll I'll keep it specific to me. So someone like me who never experienced food insecurity, had both parents, has a sibling, always had a home, like was always warm. There was a really long 20 years in life where I was like, I don't, there's nothing for me to dig back into. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh no, there absolutely is something to dig back into because even though something that's categorized as horrific by the media didn't happen, or by society didn't happen, doesn't mean that there weren't experiences that like you can bring into this life and reshape or at least help come to terms with why I am the way I am.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And um, that's something that I've said to people a lot is that like trauma, when we think of trauma, we think of something like really big and significant happening. But trauma, a trauma that can really shape your walk in life could be something as simple as somebody saying something to you. Like for me, the one that I talk about all the time is I believe that one of the biggest things that shaped my idea about myself was the one little kid at the birthday party that I went to when I was 12 or whatever, that I had a crush on that called me the Pillsbury dough girl and poked me in the belly and went Woo-hoo! yeah <laughs> I have to laugh about it because it's it's funny <laughs> now but like seriously that is actually can actually be considered a trauma because it shapes 100%. it it completely distorts your view of of the truth and it like shapes your walk in your life and we don't think about things like that but you're right, right. it's like and it's um, coaching again, I just talked about this in the podcast episode that I'm going to release before this one. Um, I think count like therapy and counseling is so important, but what's so great about coaching is you're teaching things. Most people are teaching things that they have been through themselves. So it's Mm -hmm. like about experience where like therapy, it's just like, I know this because I got educated on it. Um, And so when you're asking questions, people feel safe because they feel connected to you. And then you're like unlocking new levels of awareness for them. And as soon as you have a new level of
1: awareness, like that is so powerful. So powerful. And it can, it can springboard you into so many things. And, you know, my observation and it's an observation. So at the end of the day, like when I say it, you, you're obviously free to be like, no, that's not what happened. But mm-hmm. my observation is that like you and I had had a conversation where it was, and it was super positive, And we were talking about all, all the things, right? We were like basically doing the same thing. Yeah. And then like a week later, we talked for a couple of minutes and you were like, I, I'm just feeling like I... And being called to do something, but I'm not really sure what it is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I was like, "Well, have you thought about this?" And you're like, "I have thought about that, and here's why that doesn't work. I have thought about here." And I'm like, "Okay." And like you're like, "I don't know what it is. Like something's tugging." And then like here we are, what six months later? Mm -hmm. Like you, that was a level of awareness that you unlocked. Like I am feeling called to do something, and like it's probably not comfortable to be like oh this is like as far as um social media goes and like your business goes like like being niched out is like oh my god like you can't say that that's your niche you know like you're you're supposed to just like be a christian you're supposed to just love god and love jesus and want to walk with jesus but it's like at the end of the day in order to get the right people around you who will benefit from that mission and benefit from that perspective like it's okay to say that like at least on social media like this is the community that you niche out in right Mm -hmm. you like you did that you were able to do that because like you prioritized the fact that you were feeling led to do something more Right. right and I don't I think watching you now again observation only like you seem so much more comfortable in everything you're preaching and everything you're saying and what your mission is than you ever have in the last. I mean, it's been quite some time since you've been on social media. Like, yeah, <laughs> like do, doing the thing, right? And like, it's just now in the last six months where I'm like, there she is. Yeah, like that that's who she is. Like, she found her thing. Like, she found her people. She found her mission. Like. Some people go their whole lives and don't have that. Yeah. You know. So true. unlocking that awareness and like just listening and like taking a moment to just debrief, calm down, like what is actually happening in my life and what am I being called to do? It's it, so powerful. Like so beyond true. words.
0: Thank you for saying that. You're and welcome. it's funny, I um one of my favorite pastors is Jerry Flowers and I was just watching one of his sermons um yesterday. And he was talking about how, um, you know, God puts us in, in isolation and like, so like the whole story with, with David being anointed, anointed as King, like he had the oil poured poured over him. And then he went back out into the the fields because it wasn't his time. So he was anointed before it was actually his time to step out into his anointing. And he had mm-hmm. years before he actually became King. And so I think about that because I remember one day when I was at work in Arizona and I was just, I hated it because my boss was a jerk and I just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And it was shortly, it was either shortly before I started beach body coaching or right when I started. And I called my mom at lunch and I was crying. And I remember telling her, I wish somehow I could just build a business on loving people. I had no idea that that, desire was going to lead me to ministry. It wouldn't have even crossed my mind. You know, I didn't have any kind of relationship with Jesus. I didn't know Jesus really. I didn't Yeah, but he knew you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's why I was saved. Obviously, for a purpose and like what greater what greater way to love people than to minister to them, you know? But that was 6 or 7 years ago and it was like I knew And then, so I started the process of like the whole beach body thing was like encouraging people and sharing your story. And that was where the process started. And I just went through this process of thinking, oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to be this first. It's going to be health and fitness coaching. then I was like, no, it's going to be eating psychology coaching. Then I'm like, no, it's going to be life coaching. And at the end of the day, it's gotten me to this, but that whole time I feel like I was anointed back then. And you know, it was just like, I was trying to figure it out on my own. And now here I am. And God's like, you're ready. Or I think so. I mean, I don't know the whole TikTok thing scared me and I'm like, okay, apparently this is where I'm supposed to be.
1: (laughs) I think it's amazing. Like, it's just like where we are as a society today. Like people want like short, informative, like make you feel good, get you in the feels, make you think like pieces of information. And like, you know, I think some people probably think, oh my God, the Bible is so big and so long and so hard to interpret. So people like you who can break it down and can relate it to real life and can be open to talking about it in a way that is not managing, but leading, yeah, you know, that makes all the difference. It, it really, really, really does.
0: I'm trying. And let me tell you, I'm sure you've you probably know, but it is taking practice to keep my videos to three minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I know. I try to keep all mine to 60 seconds because I'm like, in three minutes, like with the way I talk sometimes, I'm like, I, there's no way I'd never be able to do three minutes. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, I have three whole minutes. I'll talk for 10. You yeah, know? So that's, true. that's true. I try to keep and it to 60 seconds. And even that I'm like, Oh gosh,
0: I know. And I'm trying to do that too. And even like, I heard somebody saying they're they're talking about
1: rolling out 10 minute videos. I'm like, this is going to be dangerous. (laughs) I could basically do whole sessions. Yeah. 10 minute mini sessions on TikTok now. Oh my God. Exactly.
0: But, oh my gosh, this has been so good. Did you is there anything else you wanted to touch on or do you think we should I think this conversation was wonderful. So I'm Me um, too. I'm so so, so thankful. But before we hop off, um, so you're coaching, and you have to tell me exactly what your title is because I can never remember, but please let the people know how they can contact you, <laughs> how they can follow you, all of those wonderful things.
1: Sure. So I uh my business is called A Frag Coaching. Uh-huh. Um, and I am on Instagram at a underscore frag underscore coaching. Um, I'm on TikTok at Ashfrag because that started as a personal thing. So we're keeping it that way. Um, I do I do my Instagram does automatically share to my Facebook, but I don't utilize, I really don't use utilize Facebook as much anymore. So if you want to find me, you want to talk to me, DM me on um Instagram. I can also be emailed at afragcoaching at gmail.com. And then the last place is my website which is afragcoaching.com. And I'd love to see you on there too. I have lots of different options um, for sessions. I'm also open to custom packages. My favorite part of coaching someone um, is the discovery call in the beginning, which is just that 15 minutes where we get to know each other and see if we kind of vibe out. And uh, I haven't met someone that I haven't vibed with yet. Yes, so <laughs> So I would love to, uh, to chat with anybody on anything they've heard in our, in our time together or anything else. Um, I really do like to focus on women in business, women looking to increase their confidence and women looking for a mindset change. So it's life coaching, but it focuses on career confidence and mindset.
0: Yay. That's so amazing. So, so wonderful. You are like one of the best people in the entire world. And I don't know, I'm biased. But. Takes one to no one. Takes one to no one. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. And we'll have to do this again soon. That's all for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And hey, if you don't mind, would you do me a favor and rate, review, and share this message with somebody if you feel like it hit home so we can get these messages out to more people? And also, you can go over to lovestandshere.com if you want to check out my blog posts. And also, if you would like to contact me, if you have any questions or comments or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can head on over there. You can also follow me at love underscore stands underscore here on Instagram. I hope you have a great week. I love you and I will talk to you next week. Bye.